thank you for tuning in to the Transformed Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast challenges us to be different from this world in which we live and to transform ourselves into the best that we can be for God. Here is your host, Caleb Rutherford. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in and being with us today for this episode of the Transform Podcast. I am certainly appreciative and grateful and humble that you take time out of your day to listen to this podcast. And I really hope that two things come out of this. Number one, I hope that God would be glorified. That's the reason why we do what we do. Everyone here at Scattered Abroad, that is our goal. That's our point in doing this podcast is to glorify God. But second, I hope that you're growing. Whether you are a Christian um, and you are continuing to grow in your faith, or maybe you're not yet a Christian. Maybe you found this podcast and you're not yet a Christian. Um, You're learning about how you can become one and how living the Christian life is the best life that you could ever live and how all of these things can come together and show you that there is something greater in this life that we can live for. And so I hope that if maybe you're not a Christian, you're hearing these things, that it's encouraging you to at least think in that way. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us. You can find ways to get in touch with us. If you go through our show notes below, you can see all of the emails or all of our social media links. You can click on those and get in touch with us in that way. But if you have any kind of question about any of these things that you're listening to, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And we would certainly uh, be, be glad and happy to talk with you and try to answer any questions that you have with a biblical answer. Also, don't forget, please give us a rating or review on whatever platform it is that you use if you haven't already, and that certainly would be a great help for us. For those of you who have been with us since the beginning of season two, you know that we are talking about this idea of transforming into, and specifically throughout these first eight episodes, we're talking about transforming into a person of faith. And if you've been with us, you know we've been going through Hebrews chapter 11. I'm talking about the so-called Hall of Faith, and we're going to continue to do so over the course of the first eight episodes. And once again, to help us do that, we have with us Ben McDonald. Ben, thank you so much for being with us again today. Yeah, man, it's great to be back. All right, let's talk about Sarah today. Sarah from Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I think many people might look at at Sarah um, there in verse 11 and kind of wonder why. Why is Sarah mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, a lot of people might think, you know, she gave birth to a son who ended up being a great guy. That's it. Woohoo. Why, why is she involved in this chapter? But there's so much more that is involved in this. And that's what we're going to try to bring out today as we go through the study of Hebrews chapter 11. So let's get a little bit of backstory as to kind of what leads up to the occasion that is mentioned about Sarah in Hebrews chapter 11. And to do so, you've got to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 18. In Genesis chapter 18, we find out that if you look at verse 10, that that is when God first tells Abraham he's going to have a son. Now, the whole point of all this, the reason why it's kind of interesting is the fact that Abraham is a very old man. Sarah is a very old woman. Verse 11 tells us that they were old and well-advanced in age. Again, verse 11 tells us later on in the verse that Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So they are past the point of when anyone would think that individuals would be able to have a child. And so in verse 12, Sarah laughs within herself. Basically, she kind of chuckles inside of herself thinking, there's no way. There's no way this is going to happen. I just, I can't bring forth a child. I can't bear a child. But then you jump three chapters later, with his, which is 25 years later. And in verse two, what happens? A son is born in her old age. And in verse 3, they named that son Isaac. Now, 
There are some who have wrestled with the fact that she is listed within this list of these heroes of faith because she laughed at what God told her um, in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 12. But let me remind every single person who's listening to this that faithfulness, the idea of being by faith in, in verse 12 of Hebrews 11, faithfulness is not synonymous with sinless perfection. And I think I think most of us can understand that and realize that. There is not a single person in Hebrews chapter 11 who is perfect. There's not a single person who lived before them who is perfect. There's not a single person who lives in our age today who is perfect or anyone who will continue to live on in this life who is perfect. Every single person, including all of these heroes of faith, had their fair share of mistakes. And we think about this fact that Christians are not necessarily called to be perfect. Rather, that that should be our goal is to be perfect, but rather we're called to be faithful. And you can see that in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. um, John, there recording the words of Jesus where he tells the church, um, he says to be faithful unto death, not to be perfect, but to be faithful, to strive for that perfection. And I think about Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, whenever the Apostle Paul, speaking to that church at Rome, to the Christians there, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he says, Certainly not. The King James says, God forbid. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer therein? It's this idea that we don't willingly sin just because we think the grace of God is going to be able to cover us um, because we're Christians. That's not how the grace of God works. We get the grace of God when we sin, but we don't willingly sin. We all make mistakes. That's not to say that there are times when we will make mistakes and we will sin because there are, but we don't willingly do it and just think, ah, we've sinned, but the grace of God will cover us and we'll be okay. That's not how uh, that works. And so it's that call for faithfulness. We strive to be perfect, but we're not, and yet we can still be faithful Christians. Yeah, that's a good point. Now I think about with, you know, in talking about with Sarah and people kind of maybe questioning her faith in, in the sense of the first thing she did was laugh about it. But I, I agree with what you're saying. I think a lesson we can learn here is that, you know, a strong faith doesn't mean that we're never going to have any doubt. Right. Right. We can see that throughout scripture of people, you know, doubting didn't mean they didn't go through with it, but they were, they were doubting, you know, right. I think about, and we know, cause no one is perfect. As you mentioned, we know Jesus was the only one to ever be, and he's the only one that will ever be perfect. First uh, Peter two and verse 22. But and thinking about doubt, I think about, you know, Peter in Matthew 14, right? When Jesus is walking on the water and, and Peter goes out of the boat and he's walking on the water towards him. And then what does he do? He takes his eyes off Jesus, right? He starts right. to look around. And that's when, when he begins to sink and Jesus reaches out his hand and says, you know, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So I think the lesson that we can learn there is that uh, the greater our faith and the greater our focus, the less that, that doubt will be. You know, so as our, as our focus increases, as our faith increases, you know, our, that doubt will decrease. And I think that maybe we can think about that with Sarah too, is that maybe she had a little bit of doubt at first, but maybe once this came true, as we see there in chapter 21, maybe that is what solidified her faith for the rest of her life enough. So to be mentioned uh, in this great chapter among all these other, you know, great individuals. Right. No, that's a great point. And I, you know, when we think about, I think so many times in life, sometimes we think that there's no way that something could happen. No way this this event or whatever it might be could transpire. But with something we have to always remember is if it's a part of God's plan, it, it's going to take place. If God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. I mean, think about the fact that back in that day, people lived longer. Um, so I guess kind of if we were to look at it now in our world and in our time, we might say, take someone who's 60 years old, okay? Everyone would, I think, would consider a 60-year-old person um, to be past the age of, of childbearing. And even biologically, I don't even know if it's even possible or not possible, whatever. But 
I think it's certainly near impossible for something like that to happen. And so we can all see and understand. We, I think we could see why Sarah would laugh. You know, it's something that seems impossible. Um, we can see why she laughed within herself and something that we think would never, ever be able to even happen. And yet God said it's going to happen. And so I think we can see that Sarah kind of solidified her faith and made her faith stronger later on um, because we know that she would go on to bear that child. And so we think we think about it today. You know, how can our world, we think about individuals, not individuals, but rather situations that take place in life. We think, how in the world could something good come from this? How in the world could this situation happen? How in the world could this take place? We think about it. How in the world could, how, could our world be united today? How could we evangelize to the entire world? How can this happen? How can that happen? But I think what we have to remember is we have to allow ourselves to see things with the bigger picture in mind. We've got to understand and see that God's plan is so far better, so much greater um, than what we could ever even imagine. Um, and I think that's something that's so important for us to remember that, you know, we don't, we don't have the, 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 the infinite mind and wisdom that God has. And we need to remember that God's so much greater than we are. And so we need to remember we've got to trust in that and put our faith in that and that he's going to take care of us. Right. We know God has a plan. And as you said, his plan will come to fruition. You know, I right. think about uh, Romans eight twenty eight, and it's going to be, you know, his plan is going to be what is, you know, for the best. Right. In Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And so that's another thing. We have to get our wants and desires out of our mind and truly focus on what God wants and desires for us as well. And if we do that, then all these things are going to, work for good, you know, to the better of ourselves and to the better of those around us. And also think of um, the fact that God has made us capable of handling these things, even when we, they seem doubtful, even when they seem, you know, maybe a little bit far-fetched for us, seem out of the realm of our imagination. Right. He's made us able to handle these things. You know, Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Matthew 19, verse 26, with all things, um, with God, all things are possible. Yeah. So it comes to the point that we eventually just have to deny ourselves and submit to God, submit our lives over to him and accept the fact that his plan is best. And so that's what we need to uh, make sure we're following. No, exactly right. God's plan is always bigger, always better than what we could ever even imagine or think up. And so I think that's so important for us to make sure we're putting our trust and faith in him because like, and I've, we've, I feel like we're kind of just saying the same thing over and over, but it's the fact that he knows what's best for us. And because he knows that, that's why we need to put our faith and trust in him because he wants what's best for us. And if we want to have the right kind of life and the right kind of outcome in this life, then we're going to rely on him and put our faith and our trust in him. Right. And the perfect verse comes to mind, Ephesians 3 and verse 20, when it says, Now to him, now to God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And that's a perfect um, wording for this for this idea that God is truly bigger and he's able to, to do these greater things that we can't even fathom. And we have to be able to accept the fact that we're not always going to understand everything, but God will always be there uh, to take care of us and to help us through those times that we may have a little bit of doubt. Exactly right. So I think one of the things that we need to take away from this is that is the fact that God has a providential plan. And we need to make sure that we we live our lives with that in mind. Now, I'm not saying you got to completely understand it because I think the providence of God is something that is extremely hard to comprehend. It's probably one of the toughest things as Christians to understand, uh, that being the providence of God. And we won't get too much into this idea 
Um, because you can, if you want to, you can actually go back and listen to um, Drew Settle's podcast, uh, the Weathering the Storm podcast. You can go back to his first season with Scattered Abroad and listen to episode number three when he talks about Joseph and how Joseph, you can, you can, you can literally see the providence of God working in the life of Joseph. Um, but you know, for Joseph at the time, obviously he couldn't see it then, you know, he had no idea what was happening, but it's always when you look, you step back, you look back in retrospect, you can see God working in your life and how different doors were open and different doors were closed. Um, and you think about Joseph, so many bad things happened, and yet Joseph still trusted in God and through God's providence, he was able to end up coming out on top. And so I think for us, you know, it doesn't matter no matter how dark and discouraging and um, difficult things might get. We have to put our trust in God's providence and in the providence that he that He has in our life. We have to trust in his plan. And I think this idea of contentment comes into play. We have to be willing to be content enough to just to, to sit, I guess, to have, to have that patience, I guess is kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, and that's such a hard lesson for us today, I think, because we think about our society, our culture, our world. It's all about this instant gratification. You want what you want, when you want it. And only when you want it. You don't want to have to wait on other people. And yet as Christians, we need to learn this idea of contentment, of being where we are in life and in whatever situation we're in in life and it being okay and not having this maybe everything that we want in life. It's okay to not have those things because ultimately the only thing that matters is if we have God and if God has us. And so we need to make sure that that's our goal and our focus um, in this life. And, I, you know, going back to the idea of trusting God, no matter how hard, how hard and difficult things get. I, again, I go back to your your example of of the apostles in the boat and Jesus walking on the water, and how Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, he was fine um, walking on that water when his eyes were focused on who on Jesus, right? right. But th- then you look at the verse, and it says the first four words of that verse are "But when he saw, when his eyes were taken off of his goal, of his focus, of the Savior of this world, when his eyes were off of Jesus, and when he saw." Everything that was going around, the distractions, the winds, the storms, the rain, the lightning, everything that was happening, that's when he began to sink. And likewise, you and I today, and unless we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, we too will begin to sink in life and in the world because we're not focused on our Savior when we step out onto that boat. And I think that's something that we need to keep in mind. Another thing is this, this idea of don't take things into your own hands. I think about 1 Samuel chapter 13, you go through verses 8 through 16. And we, we talk about how Saul was supposed to wait for, um, for Samuel to come and offer that sacrifice. Um, Samuel was late, so Saul just decided to take things into his own hand. He offered his own sacrifice. It wasn't the way God wanted it. And what happened of it? Well, eventually Saul's kingdom was taken from him because he kind of, in a sense, ran ahead. He was impatient. And he did all the things that he wanted to do, and it didn't matter what God's plan was. And so I think it's so important. It's such a lesson for us. If we run ahead of the things that God has set in place, then we are, we're doomed to, to kind of mess up our lives, not mess up the plan that God has, but we're doomed to mess up our lives and the things that possibly could happen if we were faithful to him. Yeah, I think Saul's a great example of that in taking things in your own hands. We just look, you mentioned 1 Samuel 13. I think we move forward just a couple chapters there in 1 Samuel 15. And we can uh-huh. see where, um, you know, God told Saul to go and destroy everything with, with the Amalekites, right. destroy all the people and all their possessions. And we see what did Saul do? Well, he took, he kept uh, what they thought was, was, were the good things mm-hmm. and they destroyed what they thought wasn't worthy. And, you know, then obviously this isn't the first time that Saul did something like this, right? And we can right. go ahead and see that God regretted ever setting him up as king. And so he sends Samuel 
to confront Saul. And I, I love this uh, interaction that they have. And basically, you know, Saul saying he did the will of the Lord. And Samuel simply says, pretty much paraphrasing, of course, but why do I hear the sheep? <laughs> yeah. Why do I hear the oxen? Right. right. If you truly did what God wanted you to do, I wouldn't hear any of the, any of those things. And of course, Saul tries to justify it because he thought his way was better. Right. And then I love what it says there in verse 22 when Samuel responds to him. And he says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice. And that's something that we've hit on in this podcast many times in the last few weeks was this idea of obedience. And it doesn't really matter what we want. It's about what God wants. And right. God's way is always going to be better than man's way. You know, and intentions are um, only as good as the person they're coming from. Right. We. um it doesn't matter what our intentions are if they're not in line with what God has intended for us. And so, therefore, good intentions aren't enough. And, in fact, any intention that is not God's intention is really a bad intention, no matter right. how good uh, we think it may be. Exactly. No, that's a great point. And when we talk about, when we talk about Sarah, <clears throat> obviously she had faith in God. Um, it was a little bit rocky at times, but it still she still had had the right faith in God when it came time that she needed her. She needed to have it. And so I think that's a good lesson for us in you know, it's, it's okay. I'm not saying it's okay to make mistakes. I'm saying mistakes happen in life. Sin happens in life. Romans 3 verse 23, we've all sinned. Um, but the whole point of that is that when we do, we get back up and we keep going and we grow stronger. We learn from it. I think that's what Sarah did. She learned and she grew into someone who had a great faith. And when she did, what happened? Well, the seemingly impossible happened. Um, and I think, you know, this shows to us when we trust in God, We'll be able to do the things that in our minds aren't possible in the sense of we'll be able to live faithful lives. We'll be able to make it to heaven if we live the right kind of life and we put our trust and our faith in him. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.